Hey fellas, this is Vince Miller at Resolute at BeResolute.org. So excited to be with you today. Uh, We're continuing in our series on marriage entitled Men and Marriage Overcoming Six Unspoken Tensions. This is lesson four entitled Stop Building a Case. (laughs) Well, today we're going to dive right into our text today. It's kind of our central text. It's from Ephesians chapter four, verse 26. It reads... Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. A classic verse, right? Like this is one of those verses that is not just good for marriage, it's good for life. Um, And I believe that conflict is inevitable in marriage. If you've been married for five minutes, you know that marriage is not all bliss. It faces the occasional, if not frequent, challenge. But verses like this give us all kinds of wisdom for traversing these challenges. Right off the bat, I see four things that are beneficial in our marriages, and I'm going to dive into that deep today. And before I do, I just want to encourage you guys to uh, go to the website today, uh, sign up for the Men's Daily Devo. It'll bless your life uh, right on the top of the page at beresolute.org, Men's Devo, right there. Uh, Sign up for it, short, sweet, to the point, devotionals I've written every day just for guys like you, uh, that get you engaged with God's Word. Uh, If we're going to experience transformation in our marriage, we're going to do it through God's Word, so I encourage you to go there and sign up today. Secondly, secondly, uh, this is a companion uh, audio study that goes along with a video study uh, that we have online for you, entitled Men in Marriage, Overcoming Six Uncommon Tensions. (laughs) And uh, I would encourage you, if, if you're Uh, listening to us on your audio device today and you're streaming it or you're downloading it or whatever you're doing with it, I encourage you to go to the website and maybe consider leading a group of guys through this study. There's actually a companion handbook that goes with this audio and the video online that you could use with a men's group that I think is powerful. And guess what it's entitled? It's entitled Men in Marriage, Overcoming Six Unspoken Tensions That We Face. And, uh, it's right in the handbook section. Get it there. That's a great way for you to support our ministry is to buy our resources. And this one is a great one. Got great questions to go along with it. In fact, if you subscribe to our platform and you have access, you can watch all these videos and you can actually get back to all these audios in an organized fashion where you can listen to them, download the PDFs, get the questions and share them with your buds. So I hope you'll do that today. So back after it, fellas, as, as we dig into this lesson today, I want you to know that we do need to stop building a case in our marriage. And you're going to understand what I mean by that through the next few points here. First, first, we got to notice the biases that we're building. We got to notice the biases that we're building in our marriage. You know, fellas, we are a believing being, and we have the power to construct beliefs, ideas, and opinions about our lives. Uh, This is the nature of actually being human. We build beliefs about everything, about life, family, work, faith, and, and yes, marriage, and even about our spouses, believe it or not. But for lots of reasons, these beliefs are not always accurate. And because of this, we develop biases, right? Now, here's how this works. Let's say you hit a point in your marriage where you start to believe that your wife doesn't value your opinion. Remember, this is just hypothetical right now, right? Okay, so... Now that you have formed this belief, you actually begin to reinforce it with all this other evidence. So anytime that she 
decides to do something without consulting you, maybe make a family decision, a financial decision, or a life decision, you begin to interpret all those behaviors as evidence for that bias, even when perhaps they're unconnected. If you continue to interpret all your wife's behavior based on the belief that you have formed over time, it's probable that your feelings and attitudes towards her will change. And why? Well, because you have built a bias against her. Doing this is fatal in marriage, fellas. And counselors actually call this in a mature state a confirmation bias, quote-unquote. It's where we only look for evidence to support our pre-existing beliefs about her or anything. It's almost like choosing to have a selective memory regarding your spouse based upon sometimes flawed reasoning. And many men, and women for that matter, let's be honest, never realize they're doing this stuff, right? They get years into marriage and then find themselves struggling to deal with issues in their marriage relationship because they've built up a plethora of biases against their spouses. Then actually deconstructing them becomes torturous (laughs) because they can only see truths through a fractured lens. And many give up at the task of untangling all this mess because it requires a lot of hard work. You know, if you've built up a case against your spouse rooted in biases, you'll have to develop a keener self-awareness and be more intentional in order to disassemble the case and find truth and healing. And this can be done in two simple ways. First, you have to become aware of the biases that you're creating and start by maybe listing some of the possible unwarranted or maybe unfair thoughts you have about your wife. Like, here's a few. She's always angry. She's just like her mother. She's irritated. It must be that time of month. Then you can't tell me that you haven't thought that before. She's impatient. She's untrusting. She's blah, 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 right? We have this list that we've constructed in our mind that we, it's kind of our go-to irritated list about our spouse. Now, I don't want you to list these things to be mean, but rather to be honest with ourselves, yourself, about our mindset regarding our spouse. You see, guys, we're actually the ones with the problem. Fellas, it's our sin and our thought processes that we're trying to address, right? I think merely writing out what's in our head helps us to look objectively at what we're thinking and recognize the possible misconceptions we've been harboring. Now, you might... You might list several, I understand it, but I would suggest that at first you just select one and focus your effort on addressing it by taking this next step, which is the second one. We should immediately decide to start giving our spouse the benefit of the doubt (laughs) when making judgments about their feelings, their motives, and behaviors. You know, the next time you have to, you have, uh, you, you start to have a negative thought or make a negative assumption about her, you need to say to yourself, quote unquote, I'm going to give my wife the benefit of the doubt. Like seriously, say it to yourself. I'm going to give you right now the benefit of the doubt. But don't say it out loud. Just a bit of advice for you. (laughs) Honestly, I think this exercise can be a game changer for our biases. Remember, we build up those habits of thinking over time, but we can also choose to not, we can choose not only to deconstruct them, but to begin intentionally to create new ways to think about her as well. I kind of call it talking back to our biases, right? It's talking back to our biases. 
And it helps to kickstart that deconstruction process and build momentum in a brand new direction. It is a way we can choose to interpret events, comments, and actions as having some other reason and purpose besides what you've been in the habit of thinking they meant for years sometimes. In a nutshell, you can decide to stop assuming the worst when it comes to your spouse, your wife. Big point number one, don't forget it, right? We have to notice the biases that we're building. Now, point number two is this. We got to stop moving anger in the wrong direction. That's what I love about this verse in Ephesians 4. It, it, it instructs us to stop moving anger in the wrong direction. You know, we, we've all been guilty at times of moving anger in the wrong direction, right? Of escalating an argument. You've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. And nothing good comes from it. I can remember many times early in my marriage thinking at the beginning of an argument, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> and I admit there are quite a few of these, all right? But I learned from my mistakes over the, uh, those early years on how to not fan the flame of an argument. But it is hard work, fellas, especially when you're right in the middle of one. It's easy to talk about right now, but it's not when it starts to happen. Uh, here's a classic life hack that will for sure tell you if you're moving anger in the wrong direction. Inflammatory statements. <laughs> Anything that's a statement that's inflammatory. I mean, when you get in an argument with your spouse and you start using inflammatory words or statements, then you know things are moving in the wrong direction, right? Phrases like, you always or you never are a sure indication of trouble. First, you got to know personal pronouns like you <laughs> are a clear signal that the argument is escalating into finger pointing, right? I recommend steering clear of all the pronouns that begin with Y-O-U. <laughs> Stick to statements that's and statements that you're going to use that, that use the I pronoun or the me pronoun and opting to focus on and communicate your feelings and motivations rather than trying to interpret your wife's. Second, note this, words like always or never are almost always or never an accurate assessment of what's really going on in the moment. But Often we're too worked up to recognize these truths, right? So use these as a signal. They're kind of a trigger to let us know that something's out of whack. I know, I think it's in our sinful nature to fall into using inflammatory language like this, but it's neither helpful nor healthy for any relationship. Often it's just proof that we're not giving our spouse the benefit of the doubt, which was the last step, right? As soon as we do things like this, we've begun to interpret her as the enemy. And when we see her as the enemy, then we turn our focus away from the goal of oneness to winning. Did you hear that? We move the goal from oneness to winning. Remember, when there's a winner, there's also a loser. But the problem in marriages is, is that when you make it a contest, you actually both lose. Fellas, we have to find a way in marriage to win together and not escalate these things. We're designed to be one together right? We're two become one. But our biases will sell us on the lie that we're battling against our spouse. And when we choose to escalate things in an argument, we are basically weaponizing our words in order to make our spouse suffer. We don't say it. We're, we may not even think it sometimes. But in that moment, when we're upset or hurt, we might even want the other person to suffer. And guess what? That's sin. 
In the end, anytime we move anger in the wrong direction, we're hurting someone we love and we're hurting our marriages. Third, third, lose the sound, the harmful sound bites and speak only positive ones. Lose harmful sound bites and speak only positive ones. I, I don't know if you notice or not, but when men get together, sometimes it can turn into a meeting of the woman's hater club. Has this ever happened to you? Have you ever been to one of these club meetings? <laughs> say, say you're out with a group of guys and they start talking very subjectively and negatively about what they don't like about their wives. For example, let's say you're hanging out with your buddies one day and you're babbling about your respective spouses and then suddenly the conversation turns negative. Someone says something like, she spends too much money. She's nagging all the time. She's a black hole of emotional need. <laughs> you know, these moments happen, but they shouldn't. We should not engage in public conversations anywhere where we're tearing our wives down. If we do, we're only revealing how immature we are and that we're incapable of discussing and addressing these serious issues with the person we should be talking to, our spouse. And by the way, it's stuff like this that gives our gender a bad name. So stop it. <laughs> just, just listen to how this man addresses his wife in Song of Solomon chapter 7, verses 1 through 6. Seriously, listen to these words. How beautiful are your feet in sandals, O prince's daughter. The curves of your hips are like jewels. The work of your hands is like uh, an artist. Your navel is like a round goblet, which never lacks mixed wine. Your belly is like a heap of wheat. <laughs> Doesn't sound sexy, but to him it was. Fenced about with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. Your neck is like a tower of ivory. Your eyes like the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Beth Rabim. Your nose is like the tower of Lebanon, which faces toward Damascus. Your head crowns you like Carmel, and the flowing locks of your head are like purple threads. The king is captivated by your tresses. How beautiful and how delightful you are, my love with all your charms. Now, let's be honest. There is some incredible language in here, and there's something incredible about it when a man speaks positive words to his spouse. And it's not just about sexual attraction. It's to draw out and to focus on and appreciate her beauty. That's what this guy is doing in this text. Do you think a man like this would then turn around and tear her down to his buddies? Well, never. You know, just the other day, I spoke a kind word to my wife, and I watched her melt. Her big brown eyes lit up. Her eyes began to fill with tears. Her head tilted slightly. Her voice softened. She visibly changed right in front of me as I was speaking positive words to her. And my daughter was in the kitchen nearby and heard me make this statement. And she said, clear the room. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Women get it. They get it. Try it. Find a positive word today in some way that describes your wife. Start with just one good word and then go speak this good word to her and tell her why you chose it. And let me know if this doesn't work wonders for your marriage. I dare you, right? We got to lose the harmful sound bites and really speak only positive ones, especially to the wife of our youth, right? Fourth and finally, fourth and finally, you need to implement a sunset clause. Look back at what Paul says in Ephesians 4 again. I think we all need a sunset clause when it comes to working out our issues in our relationships. Everything doesn't actually need to be resolved by sunset, like Paul says, even though some couples take this literally. 
but you do need to have a reasonable time frame in which you each agree to address any problems that have arisen in your marriage. It takes time to communicate constructively with each other and also to repent, forgive, reconcile, and restore. It helps to set some time limits on when you sit down together and talk through the issues. You can't let these things drag on and on and on and on and on and on, right? They need to be resolved because unresolved conflict is why many couples end up drifting apart. They never sunset any of their issues, right? They just let them go and let them go and let them go and let them go. And this is never good, fellas. You can't let things go. You can't let things go. You have to have a sunset clause. You need to repent, which means you need to own your wrongs and choose to change, to turn away from bad behaviors. You need to forgive each other as well, which aids the process of resolution. You need to reconcile, which means you need to find mutual healing for each other. And you and your spouse need to be restored to each other as well. Fellas, for each person in marriage, the time it takes to accomplish these things may differ one from the next. Some can do it quickly, others do it slowly. Sometimes I need to ruminate on my feelings for a while and understand how I was hurt in order to work through a conflict. Other times I can get over it quickly and let go. It all depends on the issue, right? But as we move through the thoughts and the feelings and the hurts and the hang-ups that arise during difficult interactions with our spouse, we have to remember that there will be a time when things normalize again. It may not happen immediately, but I think God makes clear to us here We can't let all these unresolved problems continue into perpetuity. Face your issues, choose to eliminate any destructive tools in your toolbox, and you and your spouse will be able to build something good, something enduring together. So, fellas, here's your actionable today. Stop building a case. (laughs) Stop. Stop it. Just stop it altogether. Take one of the four points we discussed and take action on it. Here they were again. Notice the biases you're building, right? So you could just like notice something that you're doing that's building a case against your wife. That could be a great actionable for you today. Stop moving anger in the wrong direction. Maybe that's it for you. Lose the harmful sound bites. Speak only positive ones. Or implement a sunset clause. But do stuff. Do something. Guys, do something. But don't do nothing. Well, guys, I hope you go to our website today. Uh, purchase the handbook that goes along with the study. It might be good for reflection, for questions. It might be good for a discussion between you and your wife. Shoot, this would even be better if you actually not only leaned in your relationship with your wife, that you did this with another guy who's struggling in his marriage as well, and maybe mentor him. But guys, please don't do nothing with these messages. God is looking to redeem relationships and reconcile and restore them. And he loves you, man. He wants you to grow in your relationship with your wife today. Seriously, today. If you need prayer of any kind, go to the website at beresolute.org. I will pray with you on the homepage of the website. There is a button that says need prayer. I will pray for you in your marriage if you need prayer of any kind. And guys, with that, I'm going to sign off. Till next time, uh, there's a couple more lessons in this series, so hang on tight. And until then, be, live, and act resolute.